talk. Right, hello everybody and welcome back to Hey Mate, Can You Talk? Uh, you're listening to Pete Owen and Andy Cavell. And joined with us today is two fantastic people from an amazing support group called It's Worth Talking Out, based in West Yorkshire. Good evening to Ryan and Zoe. Good evening. How are you doing, guys? You okay? Good evening. Yep, all good. Thank you. Great. Uh, we're, we're laughing between us here because I'll pull it in the final take. We started, we got about 10 minutes in and Pete forgot to press record. So yeah, that's why it's a bit of a funny beginning, but nothing in life runs as smoothly as it should do and we're all testament to that. Uh, so we've started again, but all the meaningful conversations are still going on, but we've just had a bit of a practice take and it's absolutely fine, guys. <laughs> so Ryan, do you want to start off once again by telling us exactly a little bit about It's Worth Talking About, where it started and what's led you to where you are today? So, yeah, I'll try and remember what I said previously. <laughs> it's, it's my fault. Um, my name's uh, Ryan Anderton, and I'm the founder of It's Worth Talking About. We set up in March 2020, just a few weeks before COVID hit us all. And originally we set up as one men's group, and through the suffering of people throughout COVID... We grew and grew and grew. Attendances were at a record high. Um, even now, the attendances that we got throughout COVID were at our highest. And, yeah, we've developed into an organisation that, instead of just being one men's group in Keithley, we now have men's, women's, youth groups, mixed groups, open gender groups, a football team. We have support from football clubs, charities, uh, rugby clubs, GP practices, everything, where um, we've become a proper organisation from nowhere. It's a good network. Really good. Yeah. What what led you to start all this? Where was your, what was the catalyst for you to start It's Worth Talking About? So, yeah, there was, there's lots of reasons why It's Worth Talking About started. Um, I've struggled with my own mental health to the point where I, I spent 10 weeks at the mental health ward at Bedell Hospital in Steeton. But the, the, the sort of real catalyst for It's Worth Talking About was Tom Marshall. Tom was a footballer um, in my home village where, where I was brought up um, in Oxenhope. He was the captain, he was the life and soul of the party. And whilst I, he, he was not somebody I knew very closely was very close to a lot of my friends and I overheard a conversation one night in a in a pub in Keithley called the Hop on Worth which is part of why we're called It's Worth Talking About Okay. and somebody said that if there was a group in Keithley Tom would have attended and he'd still be here today and I got dragged into the conversation because I was working for Mind the Mental Health Charity um, in Bradford and uh, I couldn't say no I, because I agreed I agreed as part of my role as working for Mind that there was more support needed yeah. so I took on took on that challenge and I'm, I'm a bugger for taking on challenges so yeah <laughs> I mean we have touched on it previously before you do quite a lot of challenges in your personal life as well though don't you I know that cycling was quite a big thing for you um you know on your journey to better mental health and everything tell us a little bit about that 
Yes, so when I was struggling, I attended Alan's Man Club and I've got the tattoo on my, my arm. And I met a guy there and he said that the best thing he ever did for his mental health wasn't taking medication, it wasn't doing yoga or Pilates or meditation or anything. It was getting out, escaping from the problems that he had, clearing his head and being able to come back to them with a fresh perspective. So I thought well I've tried everything else I'm going to try cycling and I bought myself a cheap shitty bike yeah. um, and I rode Land's End to John O'Groats in 8 days Wow! <laughs> raised, raised, raising funds for Andy's band club and Centrepoint the homeless charity and I, st- I started to find purpose I started to find reason um, my physical health was better my mental health was better I was eating better, I was washing better, I was sleeping better, and everything just clicked into place as a jigsaw. Mm. And I continued that journey. So the, the year after doing Land's End to John O'Groats, I cycled the entire coast of Britain. Around? Um, all? Yeah, yeah, all the way around. The, the very closest road to, to the them. coast, all the way around Britain. What's the mileage um, on that? 4,802 miles. I wouldn't even want to drive 4,800 no. miles. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I did that. and It took me 41 days. So, averaging wow. about 120-ish miles every single day yeah. for a month and a half. Wow. Um, and I did that for Mind in Bradford and raised funds for them. Um, since then, um, I set up It's Worth Talking About and I've cycled from Norway, top, uh, a place called Nordcap, in the top of Norway, through Finland, into Russia, all the way down to the bottom of Spain, which is about 4,000-ish miles as well. And then in the break between COVID, yeah. um, I cycled around Britain in the other direction. Just, why not? Wow. Just do it both ways. I guess COVID let you recover from your saddle sores. <laughs> <laughs> Covid was the reason why I did it again because oh. I was sat on my ass doing yeah. nothing, yeah. and the sun was shining and it was summer, and my my mental health hit hit a bit of a stumbling block yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. So being able to get back on my bike and be able to rejuvenate the thoughts that I'd had previously mm. really really saved me in a way through Covid. That's absolutely fantastic. I mean, that journey in itself is a whole lot of a journey, (laughs) twice, and then to go and do a European leg as well. I mean, from starting, it's worth talking about, to today, how has your life evolved? How how have things changed for you? What's going on in, in Ryan's life that has changed? dramatically what's the hi- the highs and the good points the, the my whole life has turned upside down um when when i was at airdale hospital six seven eight years ago whatever it was now i don't even i can't even remember um life was traumatic it was in turmoil i was struggling with organizing my own thoughts and and everything was just really really difficult today i have uh, well, I'm sat here with you, yeah. um, which is sort of testament to the journey that I've come on, that I've been invited to be here today. I've got Zoe next to me, who's a employee of It's Worth Talking About, the first employee of It's Worth Talking About. 
and so yeah, I'm I'm an employer now, but I've got I've got a young daughter. Um, 11 Congratulations! Months, uh, thank you. Who's 11 months old? I'm married for the first time in my, my life. We only got married in May. Um, Georgina is a pain in the ass, but <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love her dearly. Said with love. Yeah, um, and I've got a great relationship with my dad and my stepmom and my brothers. I have people around me whereby if I am struggling, I know that I can pick up the phone and I can say, will you come for a beer, will you come for a coffee? Mate, are you okay to chat? Can you talk? There you go. I, I need, I just need to offload a little bit. Yeah, that support network. Yeah, I've got yeah. that support circle now. And, and Zoe's a, a brilliant example of everything that we, we've ever done. Um, I started off going to Andy's Man Club as an attendee and I've, I've founded It's Worth Talking About. But Zoe's, Zoe's come through the, that journey as well. She started as an attendee of It's Worth Talking About at the Bingley Women's Group. She then became the facilitator of that group, leading the women that she used to talk to. Yeah. Um, and took on that little bit of a responsibility role there. Mm -hmm. And she became employed by us, and she's now a massive key figure in the, the face and the, the public presence of what It's Worth Talking About is all about. That's amazing, isn't it? And yeah, so you, you can you can start at rock bottom feeling like you've got nothing, but there is always a way out if you find the the good people around you. Yeah, to see that that those avenues and, and ways and means to to kind of move move onwards. I think that's just not just metaphorically an amazing journey that you've been on, but r really as well, like you you've gone from the one needing the services and getting the help of them services to founding your own. You've worked alongside some some of the big names that we all recognise in, you know, here in Yorkshire to to finding sort of a gap where there wasn't enough help being delivered and, yeah. and sort of creating that yourself. And then somebody like Zoe has sort of found your help there and you've essentially created a role, you know, and, and it's great that you've not just created these services, but you've now become an employer as well and you're, you know, you're building other people up to provide this as well. I mean, Zoe, like, we, Ryan touched a little bit on it, then you started as an attendee and are now sort of facilitating and, and, and running groups as well. I mean, how, how's that been for you? How's that journey started for you? It, it's been really weird. So, obviously, I um, started attending for my own mental health, life challenges, all that sort of stuff, and I, I just felt lost. I didn't feel like I had anyone I could talk to. Everyone says, oh, you can reach out and talk to me, but sometimes you don't feel like you can reach out and talk to people. You know, you, you know what they're going through and you don't want to feel like a burden to them as well. So I'm like, oh, well, this is literally two minutes around the corner from my house. I'll, I'll try this. The first time attending was terrifying. Yeah. Um, it's always terrifying. The first group's always scary. Um, but, you know, it, it was really good. Um, got to meet quite a few people. Started going for quite a few months. Um, and then and then I, I got asked, do you want to do the facilitator training so that you can kind of, you know, do the facilitator role and kind of take over the group sort of thing? I'm like, yeah, why not? I've not been working for quite a while. I needed purpose. Yeah. You know, I kept trying to find volunteer roles anywhere, really, just to try and get me out and try and figure things out within my head. Um, so I'm like, yeah, actually, mental health is something that I've always, always been passionate about, but I never really know, knew where to go with it or what to do with it. 
so I did that and then and then by the end that was beginning of last year by the end of last year um got a job with it's worth talking about doing all the events and things like this really so cool isn't it uh, yeah absolutely I mean it's like we're at the very beginning of this journey for us yeah. hey mate can you talk was was Andy's brainchild he he rang me up a few weeks ago and was like what do you know about podcasts? Can we do this? And I'm like, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, anybody who's listened to the past couple of episodes will know my mental health journey has been an up and down one over the years and I am in a much better place now and I want to try and give a little something back and if we can, and I know yourself as a massive advocate, Andy, we've, we've spoke about yeah. this at length and it's just, we believe that the hardest stumbling point is just, like you said, picking up that phone or making that first initial contact. Walking through the door like what Zoe did. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, was was it as daunting as you made it out to be, as you built it up to be? No. Never is. It <laughs> never <laughs> is. No. And once you've done it, you're like, wow, why? One, I've never met anybody that didn't say, why didn't I do that earlier? Yep. Why did I not do that sooner? What I was holding myself back in my head. Fair play, you know that that, think, that story. I, and I think that that happens in. So, whilst we're having a conversation about mental health, it's not really mental health that we're having to talk about here. It's about the the challenges that we go through in life. Yeah. So when you get a gas bill that comes through your letterbox, or it drops into your email inbox, and you you open the email and you see it and you go, I can't afford that. Yeah. I, I, I don't have that this month. Instead of picking up the phone and having a chat with your gas or electricity or your council tax or your water or your TV licence or whoever it may be and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm struggling a little yeah. bit this month, is there all we can do? Yeah. And we'll go, yeah, of course there is. Yeah. It's the same as when you come to a mental health group. Yeah. You dread going through the door, but once you're in there, everything's fine mm. because people want to be able to help people um, and and make things better and easier within a within their scope of what they can do. I think that that point there, the, the easier bit, is is key. I think making things accessible, making things simple, and and taking stigma away from from that outreach, because no one's going to tell you that you're going. You've got to go. You've got to be ready to, to, to move that foot and then the other foot and make those steps to 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 hopefully that better outcome. Yeah. And when you sat in the chair, yeah. there's no pressure for you to talk. No. You can sit there and listen to other people. Yeah. But I feel that the sooner that you do talk and you get what's on your chest off, the sooner you will start to feel that those steps of recovery. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm going back to, to things that you said in the beginning and I've got so many questions, really, really good positive ones. Like the thing that you touched on for me was where we said at the very beginning, we didn't want to just open the door for this podcast just for blokes. We wanted it to be, we wanted people of any, any, any background whatsoever who wants to come in and chat to us. Really, really thank Zoe for coming in tonight as well. It's great to get a different perspective on the show. Um, but also you mentioned as well that you have youth groups as well. Yeah. And that's something that I I didn't know was a thing. I didn't know that this was out there. Like, 
is that is that a, a big a big thing for you? Do you have a, a lot of ent- attendees to the youth groups or? Out of all the groups that we run, and as I mentioned, we have 14, 15, 16 groups, whatever. I, I don't even know how many we've got running now. The youth group is probably the highest attended group that we have. Wow. So there's there was, before the school holidays, between 20, 25, 30 children every single week in a small village um, of Haworth in West Yorkshire that... It's not a town, it's not a city, it's a mm. small little village. And there's, yeah, there's 25, 30 kids coming every single week. The, between the men's and the women's groups that we have, we do have more throughout the, 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 the spread of the number of groups we've got. But men, youth mental health is massive. There's the waiting lists with CAMS, the difficulties of getting diagnosed with autism, ADHD depression, anxiety, whatever it may be through through a GP practice, the system's not there in place. So we're a little bit of a holding net yeah. to be able to listen, support them, encourage them, teach them a little bit. And once they're better or more able to cope, yeah. we hope that they'll move on. And that has happened with with several kids that have come to our groups and then there's other kids that have they've got the professional um appointments with cams and things and and they've left to be able to do that so it's like it's an important stepping stone in a way isn't it because yeah. there i i know personally that we've spoke about this the waiting lists and the and the times it it, it becomes a bit of a sticking point and there needs to be that buffer there needs to be that that in-between service that that initial call for help if you like um i and and i don't know why i didn't think of it but yeah i mean young adults as we'll say you know it's not always kids they're young adults once they hit a certain age we're talking about young adults that have so much stuff racing through their minds i certainly know looking back what i was like as a teenager that have questions or struggles or you know figuring a lot out yeah and i mean not everybody's life is is black and white and perfect at home with mum and dad and everything so I'm sure there's a lot of different situations and people coming from different backgrounds and stuff that you know you have to sort of weigh up with that as well I think that's you've you've sort of hit on one of the the big points there is that things aren't always good with mum and dad Mm. the world that we live in at the moment is mum and dad get married mum and dad split up there's a big percentage of broken or blended families now where you've got a stepdad you've got a stepmom those big changes and there's big changes going on but mm. then you've got big pressures at school and with school uniform yeah. with attendance with discipline with social media the, the world is a completely different place to what it used to be when i was a child and i just went down to the park and played football for 10 hours a day yeah. um, there's a lot more information given to children now and they're aware of what anxiety is and what depression is and what suicide is. And the information of, is available to them to be able to fulfill those type of activities. Right, so okay. we need to have more support services available. So if they are struggling, they know that they've got somewhere that they can go that's safe and secure that it doesn't get back to mum and dad or the GP or the police that they can go and talk to somebody. So I guess while while we while we're talking about the the, the youth 
um, aspect of, of what you, you guys do. I guess for people that, that have that anxiety about taking those first steps, I think it, it might be quite a good idea to, to just kind of give a bit of a broad overview of what that looks like, what it looks like when, when say, I'm a 15-year-old a um, young man who's, who's struggling and I'm thinking, I could really do with something here. I don't know if that's for me. What what could I expect if I thought I'd like to do something? I know that's there, but I'm not quite so sure what that's going to look like. I think that might be quite a quite a handy thing to to kind of go over. Very well, Zoe. You run the youth group more than I do. I know, but you've been there, <laughs> so you get to give a more impartial view. I'll do it. <laughs> don't sulk, Zoe. I d- no, I'm not sulking. I, <laughs> I don't know it as well as Ryan so does. We run a, um, a community centre in Haworth. It's it's quite an old, dilapidated building, but vintage. Vintage, yeah, <laughs> classic, yeah. You'd get classic. Ten, ten times the price for it if you call it vintage. <laughs> no, you, you've got you've got paint falling off walls and there's broken windows, but it's a community centre. That's what it is. And again, we need more funding for spaces like this. Yeah. Uh, not just like mental health services. We need community spaces so that community organisations can exist. But yeah, so we we have boys and girls from the age of 11 to 16 that that walk through that door. There's there's no pressure to talk. There's no pressure to get involved. We try and have like an open discussion about things like the difference between being depressed and being sad or being nervous and being anxious or being tired or grumpy and just trying to help them understand the difference between a clinical diagnosis and their emotions Mm -hmm. or being tired and grumpy and that they're having a shit day so we have those conversations with them we've also had conversations with them about being safe on the internet not talking to people that's important yeah that's so important Um, we've had talks about um, authority figures and whether they listen to their instructions that they're given mm-hmm. and if the instructions that are given to them are given in the right way for them yeah. from, from their point of view so we're trying to understand the kids that come to our groups and they're trying to understand their own mental health and we're trying to give them guidance but we're also learning loads from them as well of course you are so, so I think what what our parents remembered from their childhood when we were a certain age will be completely different to when we were children or when I was a child in the 80s, which will be completely different to my daughter when she reaches adolescence in the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So when, I think when I was a young, young boy and I was bored, I got told to play outside. Yeah. Now kids don't get told to play outside. No. They get told to go to the room and play on a computer game or yeah. play on your iPad or play on your phone. I didn't have a phone when I were a kid. I had no. to walk down to a phone box. So <laughs> the world has changed so much from when I was... When I was first struggling with my mental health, I had to go to a library to find out about what depression and anxiety were. Mm. I didn't know what suicide was at all. But 
with the internet, with Facebook, with Twitter, with Snapchat, with Instagram, with all these portals for kids to find information, there's, it doesn't surprise me that they're struggling because they're aware of how they feel and they, they're now associating it with clinical diagnoses because they're aware of them. Yeah, a bit like Googling when you've got a cold. Yeah. I mean, and that... And I think we've hit the nail on the head there. For me, especially, it's like you, you mentioned, and like the generational differences of like, like we when we grew up as kids, like six weeks holidays came, you went out and you came home and the street lights came on. And you're right now, you're saying that the kids are just sat on the internet all day, they're on the computer games or on the phones and that. But there's so much information out there on the internet, and they have such an easily accessible portal to it through these tablets through these mobile phones through all their computers and everything like that it's important for them to be able to distinguish the right relatability of their emotions to what they're actually feeling to what they're reading because because we're all guilty of it you can like you've just said you can google the symptoms of your cold and you know you you're making your plans because you're dying of coronavirus do you know what i mean it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's easily done so i think it's really important to <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Get it's down, Google. I Google. know, yeah, get it Google. on quick. <laughs> but it's really important that way. Coronavirus. I know, yeah. <laughs> we're furnishing these kids with the right information and being able for them to identify the healthy ways of coping with what they're actually feeling. It might not always be the worst case scenario that they're feeling because I certainly remember growing up as a as an angsty teenager having all these hormones and feelings in my body and, you know, raging it outwards and then, you know, but there was no diagnosis when I was a kid. You know, there was no ADHD. You were just naughty. We've, we've spoke about yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, but now we are recognising more clinically that there is more stuff out there than what was diagnosed when we were younger. But like, like you've said, that information is too easily accessible. And they go, oh, well, I've got this. But it's important that we're giving them the right information to go, well, have you? Or are we just not dealing with this certain thing the right way? And, you know, how can we make this better for you? Mm-hmm. I mean... You said from 11 to, what, 15? 16. To yeah. 16. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. What's what's your main, your core age group, or does it, is it spread right across that? It's spread throughout. Is yeah, it? so from 11 to 16, we have a fairly equal spread between right. them all. Yeah. Okay. And um, you said you... you look after the the women's group or you looked after the women's group Zoe yeah yeah so I I started attending the Bingley women's and then I took over facilitating that and then we we do a mixed group on a Wednesday a mixed group on a a mixed group on a Wednesday daytime a mixed group on a Wednesday evening as well that we both kind of do together and then I fill in with other groups as well Um, but yeah I mostly stick to either the mixed or the women's women's groups is that is that a, a broad age group? Does that go from sixteen then all the way, or no? So I, we've we've got I think the youngest we've we've got at the women's groups that I run are, are in like the mid to early, early mid twenties. Okay. Um, but then one of our facilitators is the 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 tripping above me words there. <laughs> one of our facilitators is I still can't say it is in the sixties. Okay. Um, so they also started as an attendee. So yeah. it, it's literally from twenties all the way through. Really. Yeah. yeah. A good spread of, of experience. experience. Yeah. Great word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just really thank you guys both for coming in tonight because we're on a bit of an educational journey ourselves, and it's like we spoke about before we started recording this. I mean, 
we want to talk to you guys and learn as much as you want to speak to us and get your message out there that these groups are available to people. I mean, um, before we bring it to a close today, like what days um, or where can they find the information about your groups? If somebody's like really sort of sparked by what they've heard tonight, where can they where can they jump on the internet and find information about you? So we're on pretty much all of the social media. So if you do hashtag it's worth talking about, you'll find us on wherever social media. Or we've got a website which is iwta.co.uk. Um, yeah, and all of the groups are listed on there, the days and times, and you just you just rock up. You just rock up to a group. Um, no need to make an appointment or nope. anything. Just you don't need to message. Uh, some some people do message ahead um, if they're feeling particularly anxious, and usually myself or Ryan or one of our other facilitators. Can, can try and kind of help them with that process of getting into the group but yeah you can just turn up have a brew or depending on some of some of the venues are in pubs as well so you can have a maximum of two alcoholic drinks but we pay for soft drinks yeah um so you can just come along sit and have a drink um whether it be a cup of tea in a in a community center or a, or a pint in a pub and just come and sit and have a chat or listen to other people even to yeah. you know that's good because that's making it accessible again isn't it it's yeah. you know putting it in places different situations in different settings people feel comfortable in different ways that's amazing yeah. and that's that's all all around west yorkshire by the looks of things it's spread out you know quite quite well from yeah. where you started at, at, at the moment we cover sort of mainly the the sort of bd postcode of okay. um, of west yorkshire we are willing and looking to extend we're in conversations to open up groups in Skipton at the moment. Um, we've had conversations, which is a little bit groundbreaking in terms of opening up a, a solely um, Asian men's group. Cool. Because there is a stigma behind um, the Asian community and the difficulties that they have in terms of opening up. So, yeah, if anybody is listening to this and wants to open up a, a men's group, a women's group, a, a, a more diverse group in terms of ethnicity or sexuality or a youth group, then we're more than happy to talk about it. Yeah, that's that, and that, I think, I think that how you, you're looking at it in that way and you, you're crossing all those boundaries, I think that's wicked because it, mental and physical health doesn't judge what what colour you are, what sexuality you are, where you came from, where you're going. It, that those things will, will hit you at some point in your life. Yep. If you don't, you're very very lucky. And I think to to be able to offer something like that deserves um, a lot of sort of respect from from you guys. And I guess on behalf of a lot of lot of people that that need it will need it. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Well, you guys are going to stick about for a bit with us this evening as well. We're going to record a little bit more with you and chat to you a little bit further. But I think what's best to do now is should we stick kettle on? Yeah, that's time a to brew. brew. All right, speak to you soon, guys.